sit down. And uh, as you do uh, sit and make yourself comfortable, can I encourage you to uh, grab hold of a Bible and turn uh, with me to page 1005, Mark chapter 4. And also you might find it useful to grab hold of the, uh, the handout that has been slotted inside um, the service order so you can see where we're going. Uh, last week's sermon, if you were here, you'll remember, came with a spiritual health warning. Um, and I know some of you maybe won't, won't have been here, so I probably need to remind you or tell you what that spiritual health warning was. It was this. Listening to the sermon may do you more harm than good. There's a surprise. Uh, actually, all sermons come with the same spiritual health warning printed on the side of the packet. Merely listening to the Bible and not responding positively is uh, not good for our spiritual health at all. Now, we considered last week merely listening to the Bible and not acting on it leads to self-deception, deceiving ourselves that we've done the Christian thing. We've listened. We've gone to church. Considering ourselves good Christian folk because we've uh, been there, heard it. But what good is it if we merely hear the Bible? That's what it says in James chapter 1, and I've had the verse printed again uh, on the service, uh, on the uh, handout for us. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's what we saw last week. Now this week, let me add another sp- aspect to this spiritual health warning of listening to sermons and to the Bible. It is this. Listening to the Bible is never a neutral thing. It will either help us or hinder us. It will, we will either be moved towards God or away from him. Our hearts will either be softened or hardened as we listen to the Bible. But be sure of this, at the end of this sermon, we will not be the same as a result of what we're doing now. Listen to how John Frame puts it. I've uh, got a few quotes this morning. I've uh, had them all uh, printed on the back of the, uh, of the handouts. And you might like to look at that now. Now listen to how John Frame puts it. If you get into the habit of taking the word for granted, it will harden you rather than bless you. Since the word is powerful, it never leaves you the same. It will leave you either better off or worse off. Well, having taken note of the spiritual health warning, I think we we do need to pray then that it would leave us better off. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we have been already saying these words and I trust praying them as we've been singing that you would speak to us as we come to your holy word. We ask you now then to teach us that we would come in full obedience, holy reverence and true humility and that you would indeed through your word now test our thoughts and our attitudes and indeed change us, that we may be transformed and not merely informed by your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We've heard the the spiritual health warning then. Uh, This particular sermon brings uh, something more. It brings a diagnosis of our spiritual condition. This morning Jesus will take our spiritual temperature, or maybe I should say uh, better, Jesus gives us a spiritual heart scan through these words in Mark chapter 4. See, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus teaches us that our approach to the Bible is a very clear indicator of our spiritual state. We'll see here that one mark of the true Christian believer is our approach to the Bible. 
how we listen to the Bible and how we obey the Bible. You see, this uh, week we'll, we'll have to ask the question, how much do we want to know this book? Over the next year, will you spend as long trying to understand and grapple with the Bible as you do reading novels or watching the news or pursuing your hobbies? Jesus teaches here that our desire to know God's word is a very clear indicator of whether we're in the kingdom of God or not. It's actually obvious when we think about it. If to know God and enjoy him forever is the very meaning of life, the purpose of existence, the very thing that gives us satisfaction, if to know God and enjoy him forever is at the heart of what it means to be Christian, how how odd to call ourselves Christian and yet not to be striving to know him better and to listen to all that he has to say to us. Our desire then to engage with this book will reveal the state of our hearts. It will give us a, a heart scan. Now let's look then at Mark chapter 4 and verses 10 to 12. Uh, and our first point on the, on the handout, hidden to help decipher. Verses 10 to 12. See, in the first eight verses of this chapter, Jesus told the parable of the sower. We engaged with that last week. And as a result, verse 10, those around Jesus asked Jesus about parables. Actually, Matthew tells us that um, they asked Jesus, why do you speak to the people in parables? And Jesus' answer is really quite a surprise. Look at verse 11. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, that is you who are listening in, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Oh, what a surprise those words are. Those words blow out of the water, the, the standard Sunday school answer about parables. Of course, they won't be teaching this over at the way because they're far too well taught. But you know how it goes. The Sunday school teacher tells the children that Jesus taught in parables to make difficult spiritual truths easier for, for us to understand. Well, what Jesus says here is quite the opposite. In verses 11 and 12, Jesus says, parables are difficult to understand. Not spiritual truths made easier. And look, anyone who spent any time trying to grapple with the parables knows that. I know how hard the parables are to understand, don't you? Parables are like the Times crossword, cryptic. Now here's a, a shock. Jesus said he taught in parables to, to hide the truth. Not to make it clearer. You see, it's our first point. Uh, the truth is hidden to help decipher the truth is, is hidden to help decipher whether we are in the kingdom of God or outside it. See, look at the terms used in verses 10 and 11, and I think this will begin to crack open this whole point uh, to us a little bit. In verse 10, uh, Jesus is talking to people who are, look at the, the phrase, around him. And then in verse 11 we read, he told, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, that is you who are around me, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. It's those two phrases, around him and outside, that we want to grab hold of. Jesus puts people, all people, into two categories. Those around him, those who gather around him, those on the outside. Those inside the kingdom of God and those outside the kingdom. 
And I think those categories are better understood as we look back to the end of chapter 3 and verses 31 to 35. As I read chapter 3, verses 31 to 35, look out for those two phrases, around him and on the outside. Verse 31. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now do you see those two groups? And they become very obvious who's in those groups. Those who gather around Jesus to, to hear his teaching, those, those people are, are on the inside. They are in the kingdom of God. And then there are those on the outside. The insider and the outsider. Those are on the inside of the kingdom of God. Those are on the outside. Now the great surprise here is that the outsiders are Jesus' mother, Mary, and his brothers. What a shock that is for anyone who's been raised believing that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was sinless. Just look how she, Mary, and Jesus' brothers treated Jesus back in chapter 3, verse 20. See, Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him for they said he's out of his mind. See, up to this point, Jesus has been claiming to be none other than God himself and Jesus' mother Mary and his brothers thought him a madman. He's out of his mind, he's off his head, he's lost it, he's got a screw loose. And so his family said, verse 21, let's take charge of him. He's an embarrassment to the family. He's not safe. Won't be long before he does some damage to himself or worse to someone else. Let's get him home. Or better, let's get him in a home. See, the big point is this. Jesus' mother and brothers had rejected Jesus. They thought he was on a par with someone who called themselves a poached egg. They certainly didn't believe that he was the son of God. And so they were outsiders. They actually put themselves on the outside. They were outside the kingdom of God. They declared themselves outsiders by rejecting Jesus. And so Jesus treated them as outsiders. When they went to take charge of him, we see in verse 31, as people said in verse 32, uh, look, there's uh, someone come to see you. Verse 32, a crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Look how Jesus responds. Who are my mother and my brothers? Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother, brother and sister. See, the insiders, those inside the kingdom of God are those around Jesus, listening to his teaching, listening to the word of God and obeying the word of God. That's what we see in verses 34 and 35. While those outside the kingdom don't listen to God's word, they reject God's word, they reject Jesus. So here we see it. Our approach to the Bible is like a heart scan. It reveals our spiritual condition. Our attitude to the Bible reveals whether we are in the kingdom of God or on the outside. Look at the two groups. First, um, uh, the, the insider, those inside the kingdom of God. Look at their approach to the Bible. See, firstly, how they, they gather around Jesus. We've already seen it, verse 32 and verse 34. They are sitting around Jesus, gathered around him to listen to the word of God. 
It's a great mark of the real believer, isn't it? In conversation, it's not unusual for people to say to me, oh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. These verses ask me, if I'm a Christian, why would I not want to go to church? If I'm a Christian, why would I not want to gather around Jesus to hear his word? Why would I not want to do that? Second note that those inside the kingdom of God are eager to learn. We see that, I think, most clearly in chapter 4, verse 10. Because when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. They hadn't understood it, but they they weren't going to leave it at that. They they asked Jesus questions. They wanted to know about the parables. Tell us more. We're, We're eager to learn. Again, it's one of the great marks of being a Christian. A thirst to learn the Bible, isn't it? Maybe you can think back to when you became a Christian. I can certainly remember when I first became a Christian. My brother gave me a Bible. I was absolutely captivated by it. I couldn't put it down. I read Matthew's Gospel and I was completely amazed by it. Astonished by all that Jesus was, uh, was doing and teaching. Uh, I was astonished by what he was teaching me. It's, a, it's as if as I read the Gospel, uh, Jesus walked off the pages of the Gospel and right into my life and, and I couldn't but be changed by it. I see it again and again. When people first become Christians, they are becoming convinced about the Christian truth. And they love reading this book. They want to know more. They have a thirst, for the bur- bursting with questions. Do you see it? It was thrilling to see it last term at Christianity Explored. There were people on the course who became Christians and they loved reading the Bible. As we encouraged them each week to go away and read a section of Mark's Gospel, a, a number of them came back the following week having read on. They'd read further on and they always came back with bags of questions, eager to know more. See, a mark of the genuine Christian person is to to want to know what Jesus has to say. To listen to the Bible, to to want to understand the Bible, and then to obey the Bible. That's the third thing to note about someone who's uh, inside the kingdom of God. They do God's will. Do you see it there, chapter 3, verse 35? Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. As we've been saying last week and this week and uh, in the evenings and we'll continue to say, we don't read this book simply to gain information but for transformation, to do God's will. I was helped by uh, somebody sending me a couple of quotes uh, this week. Uh, One of them I put on the the back of the uh, outline there from Richard Pratt. Now he is writing for Bible teachers uh, when he writes this particular section. Uh, But what he has to say, much of what he has to say, is relevant for for anyone. See what he says? He says, not only does studying the Bible affect our spiritual condition, but our spiritual condition also helps and hinders our study of the Bible. We deceive ourselves if we think we can read the Bible as detached, objective scholars. God does not want erudite interpreters. Above all, he desires holy interpreters. The New Testament focuses more on the moral character of teachers than on their vast knowledge. Knowledge and skills are required for hermeneutics, that is the the study and and, and understanding of the Bible. Knowledge and skill are required for hermeneutics, but our major concern must be sanctification. And look what he says. For this reason we must always tie our study of the Bible to self-examination. How am I weak? Where am I strong? How is my interpretation influenced by the flesh and by the spirit? Uh, The the point is this. 
if I'm really a, a believer, if I'm on the inside, I'll not only want to read the Bible and I'll not only ask questions to understand it, but I will want to live it. A thirst for the truth of the Bible is a mark of being in the kingdom of God. And you see, that never stops. I've had the privilege of working for some amazing men of God. All three vicars that I've served under have been, are remarkable men. Two of them are now in retirement. I didn't drive them to that, it was just their age that brought them to that. They have served Jesus for many years. They have read the Bible daily for many years. They have preached many sermons and yet they continue to hunger to understand the Bible. They long to know this book and to obey its teaching years on. The person who's on the inside, inside the kingdom of God, is characterised by their approach to the Bible. The genuine Christian wants to know Jesus, wants to hear him speak to them, wants to obey what he says. And that, you see, is why Jesus spoke in parables. The truth was hidden to help decipher who is in and who is outside the kingdom of God. That is chapter 4, verses 10 to 12. And leads us to uh, this second sub-point on the first point, the, the outside, looking at those who are outside the kingdom of God and how they respond to the Bible. You see, by teaching in parables, by hiding the truth, we see who really is in and outside the kingdom of God. It's really obvious when you think about it. If the mark of those inside the kingdom of God is how they long to hear and know God's word, even if it's hidden, they will keep digging, they will keep searching, they will keep thinking, they will keep asking questions of this book to get to know it. But as we've already seen, those outside the kingdom of God, those, remember, who've already made their minds up about Jesus, who've already rejected Jesus, they're not bothered about hearing God's word. And so when it's hidden, when it is a bit hard to understand, well, they won't bother putting the effort in, won't bother getting to the bottom of it. So do you see how parables, more than any other part of the Bible, sift out the insider from the outsider? It's hard. Am I then just going to forget it because I'm outside anyway? Or am I going to really work? It's hard, but I want to know the answer to this. That's why Jesus taught in parables. It was also a mark of God's judgment on those who had already rejected Jesus. That's what he says in verses 11 and 12. See verse 11? The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, you who are around me, you insiders, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Those words are a quote from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. I encourage you to read those verses at home carefully and you'll see the context is God's judgment on a people who've taken no notice of his word to them. In the first five chapters of Isaiah, uh, God laments the fact uh, that he has been speaking to his people and, and they take no notice of it whatsoever. So these are words of judgment. So with the truth hidden, those outside the kingdom of God who've already made up their minds about Jesus who have no desire to know God, they won't understand the parables. They may hear the parables, they may hear the words, but will never, those words will never penetrate. That's verse 12, do you see? They may be ever seeing. What were they seeing as Jesus was there, standing before them? Well, they were ever seeing God himself standing before them. 
But, verse 12, they were never perceiving him as God. Now, verse 12, they were ever hearing. What were they hearing as Jesus spoke the word? He was, they were hearing God speaking to them. But they were never perceiving it. They were never hearing it that way. Otherwise, end of verse 12, they might turn and be forgiven. Well, of course they would. If they'd known Jesus was God and they'd understood the truth of the gospel message, of course they would turn and be forgiven. Now, I see this again and again. I guess you do too. People who've made up their minds about Jesus don't get it when they come to study the Bible. That is God's judgment on them. Look, if the Bible is, is, is always, always, not just sometimes, but always a complete mystery to you, if you just don't ever get it, it might be that it is God's judgment on you. Because you've already made up your mind about God, actually. See, if someone is arrogant enough to have made up their minds about God, then God will not let them see the truth about himself. Now, the last quote on the, uh, on the handout, Craig Blomberg puts it like this. If we stay on the outside, rejecting the only means of forgiveness, God will make sure we get what we want. The parables are part of God's judgment on man's rejection of Jesus. I see it at the Christianity Explored course. Sometimes people attend the course who've already made up their minds about Jesus. They haven't come so much to explore what Christians believe, but rather to knock down Christians' arguments and to confirm themselves in their own belief. And so when, when we look at the Bible, and especially the parables, these people just don't get it. I see it in people who've been around church for many years and have already made up their minds about particular issues. When the plain truth of the Bible is explained on an issue, they cannot see it because they've already made their minds up about it. Clear as it is. The parables then hide the truth to help decipher who's in and who's outside the kingdom of God, hidden to help decipher. And that leads us to our second point, which is much briefer and on the other side of the handout. Hidden to be disclosed, verses 21 to 25. See, although the parables hide the truth from the outsider, Jesus goes on to explain that still the truth is meant to be disclosed. Look at chapter 4, verse 21. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed. Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Yes, Jesus spoke in parables to hide the truth, but, verse 22, whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And I think the key to understand, to understand the Bible is there in verse 23. Whoever has ears to hear... Let him hear. See, Jesus says this is meant to be understood. So, so how are you listening? When it comes to the Bible, are you all ears to use a phrase? When it comes to the Bible, are you desperate to see and to understand what it's saying? Do you have a thirst for the truth? Do you have a hunger to know God better? Are you all ears? Are you on the edge of your seat when it comes to the sermon? Or when you go to your small group? Or, or when you have your, your daily Bible reading time? I think of uh, one girl who uh, I met years ago uh, when she went to bed at night. The last thing she did before she went to bed at night was open her Bible to the passage she was going to be studying the next day and put her daily Bible reading notes next to it. She'd go to bed excited about what the first thing she was going to do the next morning. She couldn't wait to read the Bible. 
Well, with that attitude, you're going to learn, aren't you? I mean, the young man that I know really well, the most exciting thing when he first became a Christian about, about his week was going to, to, the, to, the, to the home group. Couldn't wait. As soon as one finished, he couldn't wait for the next one a week later. Could barely go to sleep, he was so excited about it. That really is a mark of the real believer, isn't it? Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And if we are eager to grow, eager to know, we'll find that God does reveal the truth to us and that we do grow in Christian discipleship. Look at verse 24. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever doesn't have, even what he has will be taken from him. See, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. The amount of effort I put into understanding the Bible is the amount of understanding the Lord gives back to me and then some. The better we listen, the more he'll teach us. I find this every time I come to the Bible, every time I come to a passage that I've never seen before, when I first read it through, I'm clueless, frankly. Not very encouraging, is it, for the vicar to say when he reads the Bible he's clueless? But that's how it is. I really don't understand what it says. Not really. And if I just read it through once and put no effort into understanding it, I remain pretty clueless. But when I put my mind to it, when I listen hard, when I try to understand, when I ask questions of other people, when I, when I really want to get to grips to it, well then God opens my eyes to its truth. It's verse 24, you see. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. I think that little parable explains for me why some people tell me that they don't get anything out of their daily Bible reading and haven't done for years. If we only give it five minutes, if we only give five minutes to our daily Bible reading, we'll get five minutes understanding back, do you see? No wonder we don't understand anything. We give it any time. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The same is true as we come to the sermon. If listening to the sermon is just a passive thing for us, just a chance to sit there and let it all wash over us, we won't get anything from it. If the sermon is a thing we're going to listen hard to, we're going to do some hard work, we're going to listen hard, sit on the edge of our seats, be all ears, well, with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you in even more. Listen hard and you'll get back even more than you use. If we're going to take this seriously, I think it begins before Sunday morning. It begins by getting to bed early on Saturday night so that I'm fresh and alert and ready to hear, not dropping off when the sermon starts. It can begin even before that by, by picking up one of the term cards so that I know what's going to be preached during the, uh, on the Sunday and during the week I can read the passage, I can pray about it, start to think about it. If you do that, I guarantee you'll get more out of the sermon than if you don't. Again, let me commend to you the booklet that um, Andrew mentioned to us earlier, uh, this Listen Up booklet. It's a terrific little booklet. It doesn't take long to read. Helps us to think through how we should listen to the Bible and particularly the sermon. It's very, very helpful. As we draw close, uh, please uh, uh, don't uh, get the wrong idea. Be sure that whenever we engage with the Bible, this is a spiritual exercise. See, it's not just about how much I can learn or how hard I think. We are engaged in something spiritual here. It is God who reveals truth to us. We see that in verses 24 and 25. Uh, but uh, let me, uh, before I turn us to those verses, turn us to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
where I think it becomes abundantly clear. Uh, Page 1196, uh, last cross-reference as we uh, draw to a close. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 7, page 1196. Now I love the the, the balance of this verse. In in the first... um, in the first few verses of, of 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, Paul has been sort of uh, doing some almost sort of parabolic teaching, sort of fairly cryptic teaching. And then he says, 2 Timothy 2, 7, reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight to all this. Now, I, I love the balance of this verse. You see, I'm tempted to think that if I work hard, I'll eventually work it out. No, says Paul. The Holy Spirit opens eyes. He is the one who gives insight. Others go to the other extreme. They think that the Holy Spirit will teach me, therefore I don't need to work very hard. No, he says, verse 7, reflect on what I'm saying. Think about it and the Lord will give you insight. You see, it's lovely, isn't it? It's both together, isn't it? I work hard and God gives me the understanding. If I can't be bothered to work hard, with the measure you use will be the measure you get back. I won't understand anything. But I can't just think it's my hard work that gets me the understanding. No, it's a spiritual issue. I work hard and he gives me the insight. Now actually as we flip back to Mark 4, that is what we see all the way through Mark chapter 4. I work hard, God gives me the understanding. Mark chapter 4 verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. See, you think hard about it. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. It's not just my thinking, I'm given it. It's all the way through these verses. Verse 9 of chapter 4, Jesus says, He who has, he is to hear, let him hear. Verse 23, again, If anyone has, he is to hear, let him hear. Verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. So here's the question, how are you hearing? Are you all ears when it comes to the Bible? Are you hungry for God's word? Not just to learn and to be informed, but are you hungry to obey it and to be transformed? I think this morning has been full of surprises. Uh, The surprise that Jesus taught in parables to hide the truth, that would have been a real surprise to many this morning. The surprise that Mary, the mother of Jesus, actually rejected Jesus at one stage. may have been a surprise to you that you've actually enjoyed the experience of being in church today. Surprise that you've found yourself warm towards the Bible. You want to know more. Well, if that's you, consider this. Mary, the mother of Jesus, didn't stay on the outside. No, she came to understand that Jesus was God. That ought to give us great encouragement. Those on the outside of the kingdom need not stay on the outside. You may feel that what you've heard today tells you that you are on the outside. Well, look, you could come to be inside the kingdom of God. How do you do that? Well, the first thing is to start engaging with the word of God. Taking it really seriously. Wanting to read it. Wanting to find out. Wanting to obey it. You could do nothing better than to come to our Christianity Explored course which begins again on Tuesday, October the 13th. If you're not sure how to do that, just speak to me afterwards and I'll tell you how you can get involved in that. But for now, for you, for all of us, remember this, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you 
and even more. Well, let's pray together. Our Father, we pray for ourselves uh, today and that we would have a right approach to the Bible. For those who are on the outside and have realised that they are uh, rejecting Jesus or, or if not feeling it's that acute, realising that they really are not that bothered about the word, we pray please that you would help them to want to start engaging with your word. For those of us who would consider ourselves on the inside and who are interested in the Bible, we pray that you would really rescue us from simply filling our minds with information and that we would be people who are transformed as we read your word. May the truths that we've heard today make a difference, change our lives, the patterns of things we do in our lives and then may your name be glorified. We ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen.